information in this recording is provided as is without any representation or warranties express or implied. Stanford University is not liable for any type of loss or injury or any damages, whether direct or indirect, arising from use of this recording. This recording is for informational purposes only and is not a substitute for the advice, diagnosis, or treatment by an appropriately qualified and licensed physician or other healthcare provider. Copyright 2021, Stanford University. In this clip, you will hear from Dr. Lisa Medoff from the Bridge to Learning Project. Lisa, can you tell our listeners about yourself? I'm Lisa Medoff. I'm a developmental psychologist specializing in mental health and education for adolescents. I'm also a learning specialist in the School of Medicine at Stanford University. And I have a private practice working with adolescents with learning difficulties and or mental health issues that affect school. Many educators are now familiar with social and emotional learning, or SEL, for students. But the truth is, these competencies continue to mature into adulthood. And since much of students' SEL is acquired through social interactions at school, it's critical that educators not only lecture on SEL, but also effectively model these skills in the classroom. Lisa, can you talk about some of the social and emotional dimensions of teaching you think are important for educators to consider? Yes, it's really important to think not only about what kind of content you want to teach, but also what kind of relationship you want to have with students, both in terms of whatever you're planning for a specific day, and also the longer term sense of the kind of culture you want to create in class, the kinds of relationships you want to have uh, both with the entire class and with individual students. And the end of summer, beginning of the school year is really a great time to reflect on this and think about how you want to proceed for the beginning of the school year. So I know we all have different amounts of choice in terms of content and how to teach it. Uh, For me, I teach college courses, so I have a little bit more of a choice in terms of what I want to do in my classrooms. But every year uh, before the beginning of the quarter, I try to think of how I want to adjust my classes and the, the content that I'm teaching to keep them new and uh, interesting and refreshing uh, enough to be stimulating and challenging for me, but also remembering to not take on too much change when I'm really optimistic and energetic during the summer uh, or the beginning of the quarter when we have that uh, excitement of starting something new. I don't want to take on too much so that I'm really hating myself when it gets very busy in the middle of the quarter or or the end of the quarter. Uh, We also want to acknowledge that um, so many people think that teaching is so much more than a profession. It's a calling. It's a service. Um, In a lot of service professions, there's a sense that is promoted all the way through from education and and training to the culture of the work environment that it should never be about you, the, the teacher, the professional, because it's always supposed to be about the students. Um, And therefore, you as the teacher aren't supposed to have any personal needs at all. So what can often happen is that those needs really get pushed down and not attended to. 
And while this notion of what happens in the classroom really shouldn't be about you is a very important guideline for judging a lot of aspects for what happens in your classroom. So, for example, if you're thinking about sharing a story for your personal life or if you're thinking about delivering consequences for certain behaviors, it is indeed important to think about, is this about me or is this really something that's going to be helpful for my students? On the other hand, it can be really overgeneralized to mean that teachers' emotions or what is happening or what has happened in their personal lives or their own experiences in the classroom shouldn't and don't matter. So instead, we need to acknowledge that we all bring our own stressors, our own joys, our own biases, um, our own previous knowledge and experiences, and rather than pushing them down, really finding a way to um, acknowledge them and, and manage them. And finally, in any service profession, it's just so important to take care of yourself in order to prevent burnout and resentment. These things can be so damaging to both teachers and students if they aren't taken care of. Uh, So I I know for me, if I keep pushing things down, then um, unfortunately, sometimes they're likely to come out in a way that can be inappropriate or hurtful both to me and to my relationships with students. So since this podcast will focus extensively on teaching adolescents, including our favorite group, middle schoolers, maybe that's the best place to start, at the intersection of teachers' and students' social and emotional needs. Lisa, in your opinion, what are some of the most important emotional challenges you observe for teachers working with adolescents? Working with adolescents can be quite different uh, from working with with other ages. Of course, I'm a bit biased. It is my specialty. I think it's one of the most exciting times, but it does have some unique challenges. It's a little bit different than working with younger students or working with adults. So overall, having an understanding of not only the developmental needs of your students, uh, but also really going beyond just a, a basic understanding of development and really thinking about how where your students are in their development interacts where with where you are in your own development. That can be very, very helpful. Um, it's essential to understand adolescent development so that you're not asking too much of your students and overloading them, but that you're also not asking too little of them. You're, you're finding that Goldilocks spot of just right and pushing them just a little bit beyond their capabilities to learn new skills and pushing them in, in the right way. So having some empathy for what's going on for them uh, physically, cognitively, emotionally can not only improve relationships with individual students, but it can also help you deliver your content in the most effective manner. So if you can really, really put yourself in their place and not necessarily only thinking of your own adolescent time period um, and experience because you will have grown up in a different culture than they will. But tapping into their feelings, wants, and needs can be really helpful as you're designing your lesson and as you're interacting with them in the moment. And 
Perhaps most importantly, having a deeper understanding of adolescent development. And this is so important to me, going beyond a lot of the negative stereotypes of adolescence. So for example, uh, my college students know that a, a phrase that is banned in my class, unless you use it sarcastically with air quotes, uh, is the term raging hormones. So thinking that the only thing that's going on for adolescents is uh, those hormones, and so we have to keep a lid on those hormones or another negative stereotype about adolescence is that they're only very selfish and self-centered. So if we can push beyond those negative stereotypes and think about some of the really exciting parts of their development, it can help you um, stop from taking what could be negative interactions very personally, which can lead to calmer and more effective problem solving. Plus, I think this is really important for teachers, a much less stressful and a more fun time for you where you can really be excited by their excitement and their experience of new things.